Welcome to another edition of The Rig Report. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I'm your host. I'm going to guide you through this week. It's going to be awesome. If you like what you see, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new content is available. If you haven't noticed, Clydesdale Media is doing a highlight of the athletes of the semifinals. We've reached out to as many as we can to do short, quick 15-minute interviews so you can get to know all the athletes that are competing in the next four weeks of the CrossFit semifinals. Make sure to check that out right here on the Clydesdale Media YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. First up, first up this week, we have the Blue City crew, Taylor, Teddy, and Matt. They are looking at the different stages of athlete that are competing in the next four weeks of the semifinals. Check it out. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Welcome back to the Blue City CrossFit's little section of the Rig Report. Uh, we are about two weeks out from semifinals, and we do have balloons in the background. That is because the Blue City CrossFit show, our podcast full length, is recording our 50th episode after uh, we record this little edition of the Rig Report. So. <laughs> So if you do not subscribe to the full podcast um, or watch them on uh, the YouTube channel, make sure to go check those out. Um, today we are two weeks out from the semifinals that will be happening over the course of the next six weeks because there's four weeks of semifinals. Mm -hmm. So kind of like almost a week and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. Close. Yeah, it really is. Um, and we were kind of talking about there's going to be these, these different levels of athletes um, in different cycles uh, because of the, the schedule. And so like, Matt, what's this 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 different levels of athlete well thing. the first thing we're you know call it a week and a half out but over the next six weeks what we were talking about is um you're gonna see finally the workouts being released uh tori and pro put out a couple uh our team's gonna be going to the syndicate they haven't put out anything but you're gonna see um workouts being released finally and then you're gonna start to see probably instagram flooded with Different people testing workouts. Um, how are they going to do that? Maybe sharing some strategies. Maybe not. Maybe because they're going to do that. But you know, there's definitely going to be three different levels of athletes showing up. Um, and this probably is a, a discussion for longer. But you've got your rookies that are going on there that aren't really going to have much, um, you know, this this level of competition experience. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have your returning athletes. Maybe they've been to this one time, like a maybe they made regionals or they did a, a semi last year. Um, and then you've got your perennial games athletes, and there's going to be very different strategies. And I think you're probably white when you watch the tape, you know, the YouTube videos back, you'll see, uh, you'll, you'll be able to kind of tell which with athletes have, have been on that path, on, on each one of those paths. I think this, even not just watching the stream, I think watching behind the scenes. So if you got to look behind the scenes, you're going to see those um, perennial games athletes that. You know, they have their nutrition dialed in, their coach is doing everything for them, taking care of everything. They're getting, you know, away from the venue when they can mm -hmm. in between events. And you're going to see, um, that's where you're really going to see their experience and their knowledge pay off. And you really kind of hope for those rookies um, that they have a coach that's been there before with another athlete that can kind of guide them and help them through the process. Because what you don't realize when you get to these big events, um, you know, you're called early before all the events you've got a lot of uh, warm-up time then you got a lot of downtime um, before you even go out for that event so there's a lot of different things that you kind of have to understand and be able to go with the flow and uh, still make sure you get rest make sure you get nutrition and make yeah. sure you're mentally ready to go um, when that event comes up so your rookie i just use the example of you guys last year at the west coast classic the team did a, uh, a 6k 
ruck run and you left and got nutrition in and rest mm -hmm. and you came back and there were still athletes in the belly of the Orleans arena sitting there just with maybe a bottle of water just kind of propped up against the wall thinking oh man they're they still feel terrible and that that to me is a is kind of a rookie mentality that it's also 115 not, degrees <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh you know that's they're not going to reach much success for the workout to come back to that <laughs> which was a max clean and jerk so you have to yeah, <laughs> yeah so that, that's a for that. that's a great concrete example um what's maybe the returning athlete thinking or like kind of what am i going to do different and that sort of a thing or what's maybe one uh one way that I, th I think those kind of returning athletes are the ones that have been there before and probably made some of those rookie mistakes. And so hopefully they learn from those and they're able to um, come out and uh, perform at a better, higher level, um, you know, and make sure or maybe they were too cautious last time. So they're going to come out a little bit harder on workouts or they're just going to probably change their strategy a little bit because ultimately everyone's goal at these semifinals is to make the games and um you know, you're going to do everything you can to get there. And whether it be throw caution to the wind or be a little bit more conservative, um, you know, you've got to, everyone's going to have a different strategy. So I think we'll see a lot of different strategies for those athletes, but they're definitely learn something from the first time and they're going to change it up to try to get back to, the, you know, get to the next level. Yep. Same, use, use the same example I just used, you know, the rookie mm -hmm. won't be sitting in the, the, the hallway with just a, just a bottle of water. He'll be doing a little bit more, a little yeah. bit more nutrition, a little bit more resting, uh, you know, be, doing better on his recovery. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's just things, you know, coach, you you will understand kind of from a coach's perspective, they've got the athlete maybe a little bit more calm. They're showing up a little bit earlier. They've got more defined um, timeline. Yeah, it, Well, just like a better strategy for warming up, a better strategy for cooling down, definitely better breakup strategy during a workout, whatever that may be. So it's just you, you learn things no matter how many times you do this, but definitely the rookies kind of get punched in the face right away and, and learn. And with their returning athlete, they've got a different strategy. Awesome. Well, enjoy the kickoff of semifinals here happening soon, guys. Um, and if you do not, uh, Come uh, subscribe to the little Blue City CrossFit show. We're doing our 50th episode, so make sure to check it out. Yeah. Thanks, Scott, and back to you. Good work, Teddy. Thank you so much, Taylor, Teddy, and Matt. And make sure to catch the Blue City CrossFit podcast on this YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. And congratulations on 50 episodes. That's a huge accomplishment. Next up, we have Catherine and Dave from Fantasy Fitnessing looking at the fourth week of the semifinals and some highlights to look for. Hi, everyone. Catherine and Dave here from Fantasy Fitnessing. We are going to do a bit of a kind of highlights about week four of the semifinals. Just some fun facts to kind of get excited. But first things first, the week one salary cap game and draft games are live on fantasyfitnessing.com. So finish watching this video and then go there and get your lineup set. So it's all free to play. Draft games, you need some buddies together to do a draft. Salary cap game, you can just log in and sign up. We have worldwide leaderboards and affiliate leaderboards if you put your affiliate in your profile. So yeah, it's a fun way to sort of connect with what athletes are competing, cheer for maybe some different people than just the big names. So yes, make sure you get your roster set because that game is live. All right, now for what we're here for. <laughs> week four, fun facts. What you got, Dave? Yeah, looking at week four, so we got 
three more semifinals uh, this week. So we got the Atlas Games, Copacer, and Strength and Depth. So on the Atlas Games, uh, one of the things I'll be watching is just seeing how Emma Lawson does versus kind of that group. When the, the seeding happened, um, not gonna lie, a little disappointed that Atlas Games isn't a bit more competitive from a top end athlete perspective. Um, you got two past games athletes there, uh, Caroline Prevo and Caroline Connors from last year. So it'll be interesting to see how Emma Lawson stacks up against them. Of course, Emma Lawson, last year's fittest teen on earth. Um, that is a 16-year-old, so, and as a 17-year-old, she's opted to go into the main field. So, you know, I am happy to see, you know, from her perspective, I think she has a really good chance of not only winning this comp, or not only making the games, but winning this competition, just based off of, you know, her performance at, you know, the Open and quarterfinals and finishing ninth at Dubai versus a pretty stacked field there. So, Happy to see how she does. Um, and then it'll be kind of a good way to measure her against games athletes from last year and Prevo and Connors. Um, just would have been nice to see, to have another kind of athlete above her to kind of really push her to see how she does. So like it would have been fun to see like an Ariel Lowen at this competition who finished top 20 at the games last year to really kind of get that measuring stick. We will be able to see how Lawson does versus everybody else with the the two measured workouts or the two common workouts, but it would have been a lot more fun to see, you know, a couple more kind of top end athletes in the field, but um, either way, Emma Lawson in the main field is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. She's going to be super fun to watch that ninth in Dubai definitely is going to mean something coming over to Atlas with a field that doesn't have that kind of strength in it. So yeah, she's definitely up there in terms of the chances of, winning atlas yeah. so should be fun uh, next up um looking forward to seeing the men's field at copa sur so we did a podcast just kind of measuring the strength of the different semifinal fields and so when you looked at the men's fields based off of worldwide quarterfinal rankings the full field is the seventh strongest but then when you narrow it down to the advancing positions. So um, with Copa Sur, it's going to be the top two go to the games and the next three that go to set or the last chance qualifier. The average semi or worldwide quarterfinal finishes bumps up to like the second strongest. And then just the games ticket spots um, was the strongest um, semifinal based off men's rankings. So it is going to be very tough to get a games ticket. So the, the top headliners, you got um, Guy Malhermos and Augustin Richelme, who were both games athletes last year, um, who finished second and 15th, respectively, in worldwide quarterfinals. Um, but then you also got Nicolas Bardet and um, Keiki Cervani, who finished 20th and 38th from a worldwide perspective. So it's going to be actually a really tough competition. I know a lot of the the eyes will be on Guy just because of his breakout performance last year at the games. But I think this is actually going to be a lot closer to watch, especially in that last heat to see how these guys um, swap blows with the different workouts. Yeah. Seeing those guys go head to head to see if, cause everyone's super stoked on Guy as they should be, but like, can some of these guys like throw down with him and take points away from him and that kind of thing. And then, 
one thing I was also just thinking about is that a couple of these guys are going to be going to last chance. And then with the situation with Far East, this is going to make last chance really interesting with two guys that were top 40 in the worldwide quarterfinals and top guys from Far East that are unable to compete in the semifinals are all going to be last chance. Like, that's going to be a very interesting men's last chance field. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. But to see, knowing that we're going to have elite guys in a last chance without a semifinal even being started. So it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it'll be good. Or just watch what we can with last chance. Yeah, true. Uh, and then last piece, uh, strength and depth. So uh, while watching the men at Copacer, I'm going to be watching the women at strength and depth. So I think there's, you know, a few things to watch. Um, first, you know, McQuaid or Emma McQuaid and Jacqueline Dahlstrom. I think there'll be a, a fun battle for first between the two of them. Emma McQuaid coming off, I think her best games performance and a win at Wadapalooza, as well as Dahlstrom. Um, she was top 20 at the games. Um, came off second at the German throwdown last year. So I think both of those athletes had their best, you know, season last year. So it'll be fun to watch them go at it at strength and depth. Next up, um, Katrin Zamenzadar. It's go time for her. So she had her one of her worst performances at the Games last year, made the move from CF&E to Iceland. Uh, and all season, I've really been wa- wanting to see her kind of pop and regain that magic that she's had in the past and haven't seen in the open, haven't really seen it in quarterfinals yet. So um, really it's now or never to see what we're going to get out of Katrin. So hopefully we are able to see her come back and be at that elite and battle McQuaid and Dahlstrom for the victory on this one. And last up, um, everybody's going to be cheering for Sam Briggs. You know, she was a backfill spot for this. And it may be her last competition as an elite athlete in the main field. So hopefully we get to see her at the games, but definitely going to be watching Sam Briggs of, you know, again, what could be the last time we see her on a main competition floor? Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I really hope Briggs makes it just calling her last season. It'd be a bummer if she didn't get in there. She always mixes things up. So hopefully the weekend goes her way. But being a backfill spot, and we know the women's um, field in Europe is competitive, and there's lots of different names sort of in the hunt for those spots. So, yeah, hopefully she can get there, but we shall see. So Yeah, I know like, one of the events, the legless rope climb, I think that should play well for Briggs. I think she has that tr- tremendous pull, but again, with the... Uh... A max lift event in a six event competition like that's always a tough hole for someone to dig out of when strength isn't their you know lack of a better term strong suit yeah we'll have to see how it goes but looking forward to that one for sure so that is it for our things to watch going into the week four semifinals um week one games live get on it We've got some sort of fantasy approaches and different things still coming. We're going to power rank the athletes each week for a little draft cheat sheet. Lots of fun things coming. So make sure you are playing on fantasyfitnessing.com and follow us at fantasyfitnessing on Instagram. So then you know as we drop all the good stuff. 
And we also have full preview shows for all the semifinals right here on Clydesdale Media. So um, if you want more details, check those out. Um, we're rolling those out here before the semifinals kick off. All right. So that is it for today. And we will see you on the leaderboard. Thank you, Catherine and Dave. And be sure to catch Fantasy Fitness Inc.'s podcast right here on the Clydesdale Media Network. Next up, we're going to look at fitness trackers with Cheryl Nasso, host of Fit Body Secrets. Take it away, Cheryl. All right, guys, what is up? It is Coach Cheryl here from Fit Body Secrets. And today I am here to talk to you guys a little bit about fitness trackers. We're talking Garmin, Whoop, Apple Watch, Fitbit, Eight Sleep mattresses, and all the other stuff and the gimmicky things out there that you guys can be using to track data. And I'm not going to say gimmicky because there is a lot of value in a lot of the data that they give us, but I want you guys to have a better understanding of how to use that data and how I would use that data as an athlete and how I use it as a coach in my profession. So first and foremost, basically, let's just talk about all the different data that a lot of these things are tracking, because it's pretty much the same from device to device. There might be different ways that they measure it. Some are going to claim to be more accurate than others and all that kind of stuff, but it still comes down to the same principle things that they're looking to um, obviously track. So number one, they normally some way, shape or form are tracking your calorie expenditure. So how much your exercise activity and your non-exercise activity is, you know, making you burn throughout the day. Some of them are going to count your steps. Some of them are going to count your strain or your stress levels throughout the day. On the, on the whoop, they call it your strain on the Garmin or your Apple watch. They might call it your stress levels for the, I think they give you like a stress number. Um, they track your heart rate. So they track changes in your heart rate. They track your heart rate while you're working out, while you're resting. Uh, they give you a resting heart rate because it's, you're wearing it at night usually. So you can get an accurate idea of what your, your real true resting heart rate is. They also track your heart rate variability. Some of them track your temperature. There are so many things that these fitness trackers can track. And so first and foremost, I want to kind of go over why we want to be tracking data. So why do we, why do we track things like, why do we wear a whoop strap? Why do we wear our Apple watch? Why do we want to see this data? Well, the reason why we have data is because we want to see if we need to be making changes and if the changes that we're making are positively or negatively impacting our data, right? So this is where I want to go over a couple of things. One is you shouldn't be comparing your data to other people's data because your data matters most for you to make progress on by tracking how your trends are changing, like I said, in the positive or the negative. So, and a good example of this is strain. I think a lot of people associate high strain with, oh man, I'm busting my ass. That's not always the case because if you're getting a high strain, it, you could be very unfit and just be walking and get high strain. Whereas somebody else is going to go do the same exact walk is not going to be getting that same amount of strain. It's important to understand that those numbers are very relative to your own fitness level. So why do we track data? As I mentioned, we're looking to make positive changes. We're looking to make sure that the changes that we're making are positively impacting our life. And we're looking to troubleshoot if anything is negatively impacting our life. Going to bring up the whoop strap again, because a lot of people would notice that when they drink alcohol, their recovery the next day normally tanks because it affects our autonomic nervous system. It has a, it has an effect on our HRV. So these are reasons why you would want to be watching and limiting those things. So it gives you true understanding of how the things you're doing throughout your day and throughout your life are negatively or positively impacting things. So who should wear these trackers? 
the only people that should be wearing any kind of fitness tracker and caring about the numbers on it are the ones out there that are willing to do something about it. That's it. You don't have to be an elite athlete. You don't have to have a bunch of medical conditions to have to care about this data. You just have to care enough about that data to want to be making positive changes to change it. And that's why I'm going to go into part two of this quick little report is these data points are what I like to call the non-controllables. We can't necessarily control our resting heart rate. We can't control our HRV. We can't control our temperature. Yeah, sort of, kind of. We can't control a lot of these things. And we, and we might be able to control, well, I'm going to say we can't. We can't control our calorie expenditure. However, what we can control is our consistency in the gym, which is going to create a different calorie expenditure. Our movement throughout the day, which is going to increase our non-exercise activity. We can control the way we recover, limiting our alcohol intake, making sure we're getting enough hydration, enough carbohydrates in our day. We can impact our fitness by making sure that we're doing enough aerobic capacity work to bring down our resting heart rate. We can control the quality and the quantity of our sleep by making sure that we're taking better, um, better habits or creating better habits in our nighttime routine. So the only people that should be wearing a fitness tracker, AKA the non-controllable measure are the ones that are also willing to track the controllables. Like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, a food journal. How is the food you're in eating impacting your health? Not just your body composition, but how well you're sleeping, how well you're recovering, all those things. How often are you drinking alcohol? How often are you going to the gym? Are you measuring your workouts? Are you seeing changes in your fitness? Are you progressing on your runs? Are you learning how to push a little harder? Or are those same run distances getting a little bit easier? Are you tracking the things you can control as well? Because if you're going to focus on the non-controllables and you're not going to do anything about it, why wear it? If you want to get better non-controllable data, focus on the things that you can control. Your nutrition, your consistency in the gym, not cherry picking the things that you know you suck at, getting enough of the stuff that you know you need. Other things you control, like I said, your bedtime routine all of those things. Because if you honestly are wearing a fitness tracker and what most people do, and then I'm going to use the whoop strap as an example. You look at it, and you're like, I'm in the red. What am I doing wrong? I suck. I shouldn't go to the gym today. That's not exactly what that red means. All it's telling you is that you're not in a prime state to perform at your best. And it's not that you shouldn't go to the gym because you're in the red. It's understanding how the things you've done leading up to that have brought you to that red. Oftentimes when I'm in the red, I still perform pretty well, but I don't want to stay in the red too often. And if I keep going in the red, I can use that data and I can use the data that I can actually control to see what I need to change. So don't be the kind of person that gets hung up on the non-controllables, AKA the data that you're seeing on your whoop strap, on your Apple watch, all that stuff. Focus on the things you can control, your nutrition, your sleep, your training, your adaptation or your reaction to the stressors of your life. I'm not saying you can control your stress. I'm saying to control the way you respond to the stressors of your life. So that's all I got for you guys today. 
also, I hope you guys all had a happy Mother's Day if you're a mom out there. Thank you, Cheryl. And be sure to catch Cheryl's podcast, Fit Body Secrets, right here on the Clydesdale Media YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Now we're going to talk to Justin Cutler and not about CrossFit, about what it's like to be a dad and a husband. So I want to catch up because a lot's happened uh, in the last nine months or so. And we got a new season, fresh start. Yeah. Um, So first of all, I got to ask you about one of your athletes, uh, Ivy Cutler. She might be the best athlete in the gym. Yeah, I heard that. It's possible. (laughs) Um, Dude, I I don't know, man. It's like, you know, I feel like uh, I look at my wife every day and we're like, we created a super baby. I don't know what happened here with this one. Um, No, man, she's amazing. Um, She's five now. And it's wild because, you know, she just, she's just got, you know how like usually like athleticism, like you'll get like, it's good hand-eye coordination, or maybe you get like speed, or maybe you get like explosiveness, or maybe you get, you know, but she just seems to, she just seems to have it all. Um, and she picks up things unbelievably quickly, um, you know, and I, the, the coolest thing to me is just that she, she loves it. She loves being active. She loves, I think her growing up in the gym, right? Growing up at Dynamics, um, and, and being around people who train all the time, she just thinks it's normal. And then obviously seeing, you know, Carrie and Bethany and Danielle and, you know, the Kyra and all, you know, the other girls, Allie, et cetera. And, uh, and her mom, obviously. Um, but she just thinks that's what kids do and that's what little girls do, you know? And, and, uh, it's exciting. It's just fun. I have so much fun watching her. I'm like her biggest fan, you know, and I try, um, I've been, I've been forbidden by my, by, by Ash to coach her, which is fine. Which is fine. Um, so I, you know, I just watch and, and, you know, we had a, a really great meeting with, um, with the head of her gymnastics school recently. Um, when, and they, you know, they were pretty cool. Cause they were like, Hey, we just, we wanted to sit you guys down. We don't do this normally. We, the last time we had one of these meetings with it, with parents was about five or six years ago. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, like how often, you know, they see someone with this potential. But they were like, we recognize how special she is. And we just wanted to sit you down and make sure that you knew that we knew. Um, <laughs> so, so it was cool, man. And I feel like, you know, they're really excited to um, – to take her on and, and, uh, and kind of, they're putting together a path where they, you know, they're like, listen, she's so young. We don't want her to get a burnout. We don't want her to get injured, you know, make sure she's doing all her other things. Cause I, you know, we go rock climbing a ton, you know, she's also, what's really cool is the new gym that we're training at is connected to a ninja gym. So she's doing all ninja warrior stuff when she comes there. So she's doing literally right now. It's like, gymnastics four days a week ninja warrior two three days a week and rock climbing two three days a week. like she's just you know so it's and cool throwing in that little bit of crossfit start doing pistols yeah. you know you know like yeah. nothing like it's nothing yeah yeah and then yeah. uh doing the handstands up the ramp yeah handstands up the ramp and then i took a video the other day i, I think i posted it. i don't know but 
so she has a little uh a little uh bar outside um that she works on and uh and she was she actually kicked up into the bar and was just doing handstands with her feet like straddled around the bars doing strict handstand <laughs> it's just like ivy doing ivy things you know um but it's it's cool man she's awesome and it, and it looks like jackson um is showing a lot of the same traits like when she was his age you know he's he just turned two um you know he just he just about did a strict pull up the other day he's doing you know his strict toes to bar he's he just follows her he just sees what she's doing in the back and he does it um so it's cool man it's it's fun you know they're they're amazing and and uh you know, Ash is, Ash is, uh, is superwoman around here, you know, cause I, I've got the kids, but then I've got my, you know, however many other kids, right. My athletes. So, so Ash is, you know, it, we wouldn't function around here if, uh, if she wasn't on top of things. So. Yeah. And Jax has, is the, the endless energy kid. Oh man. I, honestly, I don't remember Ivy being as much as a terror as, as Jax. Jax is just he he's at that age now where like you turn your back for one second and he puts himself in a life threatening situation. <laughs> You've got to be aware of where he is at all times. Like it it never it never stops. Um but it's fun, man, and I'm excited we're we're going away for uh our first family family vacation in a very long time um this upcoming weekend. You know, just just Ash and I and the kids we're gonna we're gonna go to San Diego for the weekend and go to San Diego Zoo and you know it's Easter weekend so just go and relax a little bit before before all the craziness of semifinals starts. Yeah, so, it'll be nice. Yeah. Thank you, Justin, and good luck on those travel plans for the semifinals. I know you're hitting all four because you have athletes everywhere, um, but be sure to do that. And if you want to hear the full interview check out the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast this Monday, May 16th, for the full episode with Justin Cutler, where he actually looks at every one of his athletes who are competing in semifinals. And finally, one of our favorite segments in the show, Cat's Rants. Today, Cat has a problem with double unders. Took a loss, that's your loss. Had to get my pony cross. All right, here goes Cat's Rants, number 1774. <laughs> I'm kidding, I don't know how many this is. Anyway, I was thinking about this tonight. I was coaching my CrossFit class. We spent the first eight minutes of class practicing jump rope. And I gave a little speech and I thought it was kind of inspiring and I wanted to share it with you guys because um, I think this is important for CrossFitters uh, to realize that there's the difference between sport and uh, the methodology and that we don't, we can embrace both, um, but that you're not less than if you're not part of the sport. So here goes. Um, what I explained to my class was we're gonna, we were gonna spend eight minutes doing uh, jump rope practice. So double unders, if you have double unders and you wanna get better at them, that's great. Um, if you're struggling with single unders, I have plenty of clients that can't even jump rope, right? So we're learning how to do singles um, instead of doing like box little tiny toe taps and things like that. We're actually using a rope, getting it under our feet and jumping over the rope. Um, some people want to learn double unders and need some tricks to figure out how to do that. And we go over that as well. But my preamble starts with double unders is a party trick. Fight me. 
Um, unless you're doing competitive CrossFit, unless you're competing in competitions that are RX, um, you do not need to learn double unders. It's not a required skill. Um, it's a nice to have if that's something that you're interested in learning how to do. But in terms of your overall health and your ability to exercise and get your heart rate up and you know feel like a winner, you do not have to do double unders. Um, and I make it very clear to the folks in my class that if they have no desire to even ever learn how to do them, that is totally fine. I don't want them to think any less than or, you know, oh, I'm scaling, I have to do single unders. You're jumping, it's jumping, right? Higher skill movements do not have to be the norm and they don't have to be for everyone. Um, you can run a successful CrossFit gym and have the people that want to learn high skill movements, you can teach them how to do it. I had a couple people that got their first double under tonight and it was in the same class with the people that were trying to get their first single under and it was also in the same class with people who were just wanted to do singles for the whole eight minutes and that was fine too. Obviously they didn't do it for the whole eight minutes but you get catch my drift. So. Just a PSA to everybody out there that these high skill movements that we do, toes to bar was another thing in our workout, right? We did hanging knee raises instead. Another option was alternating V-ups. Another option was straight leg sit-ups, right? Everyone got a great workout, <laughs> right? And the people that did sit-ups versus the people that did toes to bar, you know, felt the same. They felt good about themselves. They felt like they got a good workout in and they didn't scale, they didn't modify. They did what was written on the board. I just give them options. Okay, so again, double unders, if you have them, great. Um, if you wanna compete in CrossFit, you need them. You have to learn how to do them. But if you're just an, an everyday exerciser and you, you know, it's one of those things that you just can't figure out how to do, so what, it's fine. You're still exercising, you're still getting a good workout. And uh, all's good in the world, okay? Take care, guys. Took a loss, that's your loss. Had to get my point across. Heard them lasers talking out and we don't pay that no mind. Didn't need to watch them know that I'll be here in no time. Thank you so much, Kat. And that is it. That wraps up the show for this week. Make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new content is available. We'll see you next time on The Rig Report.